You're tuning in to Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find our way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Radio. I understand your mission was a success. Yes, I have Maul in custody. I will escort Commander Rex when he delivers him to Coruscant. A great service to the Republic you have done. I did my duty as a citizen. Not as a Jedi. No, not yet. Actually, I was hoping to speak with General Skywalker. I sent him to inform the Chancellor that General Grievous has indeed been located on Utapau. Master Kenobi? Engage the enemy. He has. Then the war could be over soon. That depends on the Chancellor. What do you mean? I'm sorry, citizen. These matters are for the Council to discuss. I understand. Andrew, Wyatt, boys, 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 enough. This is my ship you're wrecking, and I want you off. And as the captain, welcome back. You're listening to Spectre Radio. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. He just I got had, home. I had to throw in a little Harrison Dula mommy voice for you guys. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but we are happy to be together again after a short break. You guys didn't experience it at all. Um, because we spaced out our content because we were smart, but, um, this is probably going to be a long conversation since we haven't been able to zoom with each other in a bit. Um, so today's episode is going to be yet another fan favorite consult the council where we answer your questions that you guys sent in on text and email and social media and smoke signals. And I don't know, all kinds of ways that they sent them Forced in. Time. So. Force timing. Force yeah. time. Yes. We'll get to that. So let's go ahead and get the party started. All righty. So this first one is uh, from my buddy, Cameron Bissell. Um, shout out to you, Cam. So the first question was if you could be any Jedi's Padawan, who would it be and why? So for me, I had two answers. They're uh, the two Same. people are. The two people are very similar reasons. Of course. Um, I almost had two, and I was like, nope, I'm going to hold back. <laughs> um, I, I almost had a third answer. The answer I was initially going to go with was um, Kanan Jarrus's master, because, mm. you know, he turned out all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he survived. And, well, he's, yeah, he survived, whereas most did not. Um, so, and he's he's pretty cool. I like that he's kind of a cowboy Jedi. Um, and his master was like the the Jedi Council's most intuitive person kind of thing. She's like their um, leader on like spiritual matters. So that's why he always has those like great deep lines in Star Wars Rebels. And I'm like, dang, I want some deep lines like that. But I ended up going <laughs> with um, Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah, I ended up going with Qui-Gon Jinn um, slash Plo Koon. Um, they're very oh. similar. Oh reasons. my God! You and Plo Koon, I can. I knew you were gonna me. say that. I literally <laughs> knew you were gonna say that. As as I wrote Plo Koon on my this phone, I was like, Alyssa's his... gonna have something to say. What are you, Wyatt? What he's, are you gonna do when Wars you have to Gandalf. look at Plo Koon when you're going to the bathroom? 
welcome. TikTok, <laughs> yes. That's going to be great. Um, so uh, Qui-Gon kind of follows the will of the Force, whereas most Jedi did not. You know, Kane and Jarrus did a little bit. Um, he got to know the peoples and the cultures that he visited a lot more deeply. Um, and you kind of saw that in like the original Clone Wars from like 2003. Mm. Um, all of a sudden, Obi-Wan starts speaking this language and Anakin's like, well, where did, did you learn that? He goes, when you travel the universe with Qui-Gon Jinn, you pick up a few things. I was like, that's <laughs> so cool. So um, <laughs> Was that your little boy voice? That's yes. so cool. <laughs> yes. Um, he wasn't afraid to fight, but he was slow to react. He was more likely to think and talk things yeah. through. He was very reflective. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And he was able to like, you just kind of look at a situation and just take care of it with or without action, um, which would temper the fact that I react quickly to things. Like, I mean, I may think about things, but if, if crap hits the fan, sometimes I just dive in. Um, yeah, I don't do that. My dad always makes fun of me. Like when somebody spills a drink at the dinner table, I just freeze and everybody else is like scrambling for the paper towels and i'm like oh no and i don't react it's it's horrible i mean it it happens it's just kind of how people are wired there's no right or wrong um Mm -hmm. and then plo koon for a lot of the same reasons um but he seemed to have as much like of a sense of compassion like qui-gon did so and that's that's important like some jedi like yeah they were nice or whatever but like they didn't care if like their clones died right next to them or whatever it just it was like ah well they weren't really people after all and it's like ah but they were so that was uh that was mine Alyssa. what do you have to say yeah i kind of went back and forth on this and i was like i don't want to say this answer because it's so cliche and like everybody's going to say this but it now sounds like you guys maybe have different stuff than me so i feel a bit better about my my one true answer that I had to go with was Yoda. Because, hmm. um, you know, I don't know if you guys have watched um, Cobra Kai on Netflix. Have you watched that? A little bit. Yeah. Obsessed. Um, you know, every time they like cut back to Mr. Miyagi, I'm just like, Yoda, like they're such the same person and I love it. That's just like my archetype for a teacher. As much as you're like, oh, they're so stubborn and they're so like strict and they're so tough on you. Like Eh. if you think about like all the teachers you've had in your life, a lot of the times those are the ones that like actually make the bigger impact on you as a student. For sure. So, I mean, other than the fact that Yoda was the strongest Jedi alive during his time Mm -hmm. and he lived a really long time. So he taught many people. He learned many things. Right. So I think you have to be a good student to be a good teacher. But I was kind of reflecting on that thought of like, not only why that's, you know, him being a strong Jedi and being alive a long time and knowing a lot of things and meditating on things, um, making him a good teacher, but how that kind of relates back to that idea of some of those teachers that are hard on you. Mm -hmm. And, um, during our break from the podcast um, last weekend, I got to do a dinner with my high school friends. Um, and by high school friends, I mean friends that are in high school <laughs> <laughs> who are graduating um, from our thespian troupe. And um, alumni like come back and we pay for the dinner and we reminisce and we tell stories. And then the adults go and get drunk and continue to reminisce. <laughs> and obviously, because of COVID, it was like a very small situation. There were like seven kids and then two other alums and myself. So it was just the three of us. And they're both much older than me. And they have um, better memories of the one teacher that we all shared. 
And so it's just a cool moment to like sit there and listen to them bullshit and tell stories about this really awesome teacher. And, um, you know, I, I knew him when, you know, our relationship was very much like Luke and Yoda, where it's like the end of Yoda's life. And their relationship with him was more of like, you know, Qui-Gon Yoda situation where, um, you know, they, he was much younger when they knew each other. So, um, it's definitely cool kind of seeing the parallels between Yoda and my teacher Stosk. Um, so just like hmm. a random thought I had over cool. like that weekend and yeah, oh, nice. a little emo, but I love it. <laughs> that's cool. That's a good answer. Um, so when I was typing this, I wasn't really thinking too hard about it. So my answers changed. So initially I went with Count Dooku until I realized oh he was told to kill his Padawan and then try to do it. <laughs> and why it was like, I do not want to be a character on Game of Thrones. Uh, um, <laughs> well, if he does, not one of those. Five minutes. I mean, most of them mm. die at so, some point. Um, I agree with Andrew with Qui-Gon because... He, kind of what you said, he feels more in the force than he does what is recommended to him by the council. Yeah. Um, so he'll he'll go and proceed with how he feels something should go. So like with him taking on Anakin as a Padawan, that was his choice when Yoda and everybody said, no, he's too old. Yeah. He, he was the one that, that proceeded because he felt like he was the chosen one. Right. Um, and then I also picked Mace Windu. I, so, had oh. I, I had a feeling. So I don't believe not Jar Jar, we, not Darth Jar Jar. <laughs> I, I thought he was going to say that, but I was no, waiting for it. No, that's on a question later on. He's like, that's. Oh, answer I three. know what you're talking about. <laughs> I thought about that when I was writing. I'm like, oh, why it's no. going to say something? Here go ahead. Go. So I don't believe Andrew. You can correct me on this. I don't think we ever saw Mace with a Padawan. Um, we never saw him with the Padawan, but his Padawan was Kanan's master. Because oh. she she was no, already I remember them saying that yeah, yeah she yeah. was already grown and a master by the time we see her in episode mm-hmm. one so we never see so That's you know cool. they kind of got that lineage um, we love that got it but it, it would have been cool to see Mace's leadership mm-hmm. and discipline through his Padawan versus you know through battle and everything like that it, it would have been cool especially because his lightsaber form is based off of a dark side lightsaber form so he had to kind of like almost purify it in a way so he had Mm. to achieve mastery over the darkness in himself because when you when you fight with that lightsaber style it's supposed to feed on your darkness and that's what makes you more powerful and that's what makes you overcome your enemies so the only way you don't drown in that and become a bad person is to have mastery of peace in yourself so that would be really cool to see in a teacher Mm. to express to impress onto a uh, interesting You said purify, and I was like, purplefy? Because purple saber. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Okay, question two coming from my buddy, Adam. Do you think the rebellion would have been successful without Leia or Alderaan's financial backing? Hmm. Dang. (laughs) It's a good question. Funny, she doesn't look Druish. (laughs) Wow. You're welcome. (laughs) Wow. So I met up with Adam today to, to hang out with him for a little bit. And Yay, Adam! I kind of wanted to ask him about this question, but he goes, no, I want to hear y'all's yeah. responses on the podcast first. Good job, buddy. Good yes, job. good job, Adam. So thanks for that. So I think the rebellion would have been successful. So I'm, I'm saying yes to the question. 
Um, he's saying yes to the dress, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I did say yes to the dress, Andrew. Oh I say God. yes because look at Rebels. So the whole Spectre crew, they were self-funded. That's true. So yes, they were looking for the Rebellion to kind of team up and join with them, but they weren't, you know, riding on the coattails of Alderaan. Okay. So mm-hmm. to speak. That's so that's that's my view on it. Um, and I'm sticking to it. Didn't we see Leia at some point? We did. But, but into we, Rebels, but I know obviously we didn't get into the nuances of finance. A princess on Lothal. That yes, was a good exactly. Episode. That was a great episode. Um, so, yes, we did get her. And that was know. kind of how I structured my answer because I don't think she introduced herself as Princess of Alderaan during the time. No, she so. she does as like Senator Attaché of, right, from Alderaan. Attaché. Right. Ashante right. Attaché, right. Um, yeah, I kind of think about it two ways. Like his question, like, would they have been successful without Leia and Alderaan full stop? And then like, plus the financial backing. Because I think right. it's like twofold, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cause if you're thinking about like how much Leia was trying to have this like cat and mouse thing going on with dad, with Vader and, you know, no, it's not on this planet. It's over here. And, oh, he's going to blow it up and whatever, you mm. know, obviously her, her family and her influence and her politics and her money come into play in a lot of ways. But I think in general, the, I mean, Leia is a symbol of the rebellion. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She she is hope. She is a new hope. That movie doesn't work without her. Mm-hmm. And that's really, you know, obviously like sequentially in the movie timeline, that's the beginning of it all. Uh, but obviously, you know, we do see a lot of that. And we've talked about how we see a lot of that come from Padme and her character. So um, and obviously they they are connected in in that respect. So I don't know. It's it's a great question. And I think I think the answer is no. I don't think the rebellion would have been successful without Leia, without Alderaan, full stop. And the money is a big component of that. So I'm gonna challenge your answer for that. So obviously Alderaan blows up and new hope. Where yep. does the money come from after? Um, have you heard of this thing called life insurance? Um. <laughs> you see that skit, that Star Wars skit, where life they insurance. actually they they hand out uh, they had they signed all those rebel pilots up for for life insurance from like Tatooine Mutual or something like that. Oh my god, no, they, they're, that's they're so just funny. Like, they're like, aren't we not likely to survive this? He's like, well, the good news is you only have to do one premium. Oh yeah, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so. no, I had to throw that joke in there since Andrew and I both used to work in life insurance. But um, I'll send you guys that video. Yeah, but. seriously, we need to see it. But no, that's a great point. I mean, I think um, you know, it's kind of like if we're talking about rebels, it's kind of that whole thought of like Zeb's people and his family, like that their planet was no longer, but like their the Alderaan lives on through the next generation of people. Yeah, that who's Leia, the survivors? You know who what I mean? The, the survivors, the right? And like we see that with Cara Dune mm-hmm. in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and we see that a lot of different places. You know, obviously, like Zeb's planet is not Alderaan, and I'm forgetting the name of it. And I'm sure Andrew will bust it out and make me look like crap in a second. But I won't. I won't say it. It's okay. 
No, it's fine. Please do. Cause it's going to bother me. Lasan. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The Lasat, the people were the Lasat, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I did know something. See? So yeah, I don't know. I think like to your, to your point, I don't know. I don't know where the money's coming from. We never get into the financials. The um, banking clan. We never get into the <laughs> banking clan too much. Um, we get way too much into politics. I think maybe the finances would be more interesting. <laughs> Another reason politics, to love Qui-Gon. But... He hated politics and so do I. Right. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I would, I'm ping ponging it back to you on that. So I'm going to uh, intercept that and answer it with, uh, with my question, with my uh, answer. I'm going to say that they probably would have. However, I don't think it would have been as successful and things would have taken longer. Um, like the rebellion wouldn't have been as big at the time. Um, mm-hmm. It would have taken a few years longer because it wasn't just their money, which was important, but it was their leadership because he he was the senator mm-hmm. from his his planet. And, you know, he was one of the biggest, most important people, richest people on his planet. And, you know, as his daughter, same thing. So the fact that someone from the Imperial Senate is willing to, you know, even undercover stand up it, it to their members, it's very important. Like they had uh, Senator Mon Mothma, I'm sure she contributed. And there were other dignitaries nice. from different planets and such. So they were all contributing. Um but definitely um, the the ones like like when Mon Mothma stepped down in season three of Rebels and she says, I join you guys on the front lines like that. That definitely um, is something that would help unite the different rebel cells. I still I think if, if you know, millions, if not billions of credits from Alderaan suddenly stopped when you're building up from a fledgling rebel of uh, rebel alliance to something that builds into, you know, having different fleets and different systems. Um, I, it, if that funding was cut off early, too early, it would have been a lot more difficult. I still mm. think they would have succeeded. I just don't, um, I don't know how the first or second Death Star gets blown up at the time that it does, you know, if they're not there. So mm. I, I'm going to give it a yes and a no. Of it, course, the, the divider. Yeah, no, it's, I was just thinking we, we are a perfect Venn diagram. Like I'm always over here and why it's over there. And then Andrew's just like in the middle. <laughs> I, I get my diplomatic side from my mother. Uh, bless her for that. Mm, bless her for a lot of things. Yes. Awesome. Love you, mom. <laughs> okay. Question number three comes from one of our notable guests, Sadi Garcia. Sadi. Sadi. And the question is, why is Ray's lightsaber yellow? So I feel like she asked this question because she knew we were going to like duke it out over this because we have differing opinions and then it's like there's probably like a star wars answer there's probably a movie answer there's probably like a canon answer there's probably like all these different layers to it so the way that i interpreted it because i was like i'm gonna again like i typically do steer clear of the internet and like not (laughs) not be poisoned by what things online are saying or whatever Mm -hmm. um so i was just trying to think from my point of view i mean i think when I saw it, it definitely took me back. I like it. I was taken aback and I was like, wow, like that's different. And like, obviously her staff being a part of the, the hilt of the, of the lightsaber was really cool. Um, but I just thought that was a really great way to just show how unique everyone is, right? Like every Jedi is unique based on, you know, the way that their lightsaber hilt looks and the color of their blade. 
but mm-hmm. hers is just so unique and she's got such a complex character dynamic and personality. So I thought that was just kind of indicative of it. And then obviously, you know, if we're thinking from like a cinematic point of view um, or even like a literary point of view, you know, this is like a symbolism for like a ray of light. This is, she's the epitome of the light side and it's this yellow, like mm. maybe not pure light. Cause she's not perfect. She's not pure, but you know, um, she made out with Kylo Ren, so she's not pure in that aspect. Hey, 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 but wow. um, anyway, so <laughs> I kid, I kid, but it's, it's like her blade is literally a ray of light. You know what I mean? She's the light side. It's unique. Like her, it's yellow, like sunshine and sunflowers and the sun and, and light. She, and, and she chose it when she like in her bloodline, like was quote unquote destined to be bad. So she chose her own destiny. Right. Which and is she chose the cool. light side. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So for me, it's always been more of like that literary or like cinematic, um, you know, meaning and significance where it's literally a ray of light. Okay. Um, my answer. answer. Yeah, that that was a good answer. Um, my answer is because Disney. (laughs) There is the, there it is. There it is. Because Disney. Please explain. (laughs) Yes. What's the reason why anything happens in star Wars? Because uh, the Star force Wars? wills it. Because <laughs> merchandise. Oh, uh, true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody was like, ooh, I need a yellow kyber crystal now, right? Yellow kyber crystal, I need, even though it was already mentioned that... The strongest stars have hearts of kyber. Yes. <laughs> you know, the, the sheath is made out of her... Um, staff. Her, her staff. Yeah. Um, which I had to go back and rewatch because I wasn't really looking at her staff. I was looking at the color of the blade. Um, and I, and because Disney, because I think it represents a new, um, a new subclass of Jedi that's being, that's being bred and being born. Mm, mm, I like that thought. I like that thought a lot. Because every Jedi basically got to pick from two colors. Eh, if they maybe were a little more, but yeah, a little more, unless you're, you know, Soka that, you know, bleeds back a red, a red, a red saber to purify it. Or Mace Windu or the Temple or Guards. Mace Windu because Samuel Jackson asked for it. Mm. Or Luke Skywalker because he needed like a summer and a spring color blade <laughs> <laughs> to go with his wardrobe. But I honestly think because Disney, I don't think George would have done it himself. I really? Think he I think he would have kept it to Luke's color because she trained under Luke for a little bit. Well, she had Luke and Leia's blades too. So like... Yeah, maybe that was like her way of making her own stamp on the Skywalker name since she's taking that mantle up. But she like wants to do it in her own fashion. You know what I mean? And if you think about it, Luke's change in blade kind of represents his maturity. Like in episode five, he uses his, you know, his father's blue lightsaber and he's quick to rush, rush over there and fight Vader when, you know, they were Mm. like, hey, you're not ready. And he was quick to use his actions, which is, you know, the Jedi guardian. In mm. episode six, he's right. much more mature. I can't kill my own father. You know, more about the force and stuff like that. So in that sense, he's more of a consular. So more she, yeah. yeah. So and she trained under both of them, like Alyssa said. So I think and because at first she was like, no, it's not time for the Jedi to end. So but then I right. think she kind of saw 
a little bit of, of what that was about and kind of felt, felt it. So I think that was kind of like, like why it said a new, maybe not, I I didn't think of it as a new subclass, but that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I I looked at it at something new. So kind of almost matching Wyatt's point. And it's kind of interesting as you're, you guys are talking, I'm thinking even from like a color spectrum point of view, like, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we can make the color green through blue and yellow. And so like her other blade was blue. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that was Luke's lightsaber and his Luke's other saber was green. And that was his second one. So like, I don't know, maybe there's something there again. I'm like, my brain is racing literary side and like, I don't know. Yeah. Then maybe even like something, I mean, there's so much that they don't, they just don't get into that in the films. Um, and like literally the only reason I know anything about that from being like a, a total surface level Disney person is from the YouTube videos of watching the ceremony at the Disney parks when you build a saber and the <laughs> shit that I know from rebels <laughs> and that's it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a, right. Exactly. My favorite episode. So that's a interesting thought. So our next question comes from Matthew Davis. So he says, even though this wasn't the intent of George Lucas, should there be a new trilogy picking up where episode nine ends? So my answer for that was very, very brief. Um, <laughs> unless they're going to do Finn and Poe a little bit better. And by, oh my by God, a little bit better, read... I mean... my Andrew, did you look at my notes? Did I accidentally share you, this Google Doc with you? you copycat. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. I looked at your note. No. So unless they're going to do Finn way better and Poe a decent amount better and honor any previous characters, like maybe not kill off Admiral Akbar by having them fire a missile oh, at the bridge. My God, I'm kind of started. I'm kind of pissed about that. Like Leia knew that was going to happen. She kind of could have force pushed everyone off the bridge, got taken out into space and then used her little magic trick to come back. Listen, I'm cool. I'm happy she has the ability. I'm not trying to be like, oh. <laughs> Oh, right, right. You're no not one's ever had her. this we power. It. We got it. So, cause I think, I think Kanan did that. He was blown into space by Darth Maul and he kind of leapt his way back. He just wasn't unconscious though. So I'm like, yeah, Let's just force push everyone off the bridge. It's all I ask. It's all I ask. So unless they're going to honor previous characters better mm. or do the ones they created a better job, no point in my, my personal opinion. I put in capital letters. No. Oh my. <laughs> So no, no new trilogy at all. No, nothing. No, no, no. I, I thought it was asking where it, if it picks up where episode right. nine is. No, well, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry. Okay. No okay. new trilogy. No. <laughs> I want High Republic era movies. Oh my goodness. I want pre-episode one. I want Yoda at his prime. He yeah, wants that... Jar Jar Binks movies. <laughs> he wants Jar Jar as a tadpole. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could be on board with that, but like, por que no los dos, okay? <laughs> like, why can't we get both? <laughs> like, selfishly, I want all the content. And I'm like, thank God we're in our 20s, like, as this stuff is starting to be churned out, because they're going to run out of material. They're going to have to go back. They're going to have to milk that cash cow. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. And they can my... have my cash. As long as the quality's there, they can have my cash. <laughs> yes. Um, my answer was very similar to Andrew's, like very scarily, scarily similar. Um, I said, selfishly, my answer is yes, because I want more content. And like I just said, like, I'm glad that they're coming out with all these new shows and movies and that's great. But I do, I do love me a trilogy. Like I love just kind of any 
story that has like such a long narrative to it like that, where you're, I think part of our childhoods as millennials was just like being fed that stuff, whether it was like Harry Potter or Marvel or, you know, there's the Hunger Games. There's so many instances of that where there were books and then you were waiting with bated breath for the next book to come out. And then the next book would come out and then, you know, two, three books in the movies announced and you're like, oh my gosh. And it's this whole thing, you know, it, it consumes your life. Every t-shirt you wear is that one piece, you know, of canon from whatever show or movie or book you're obsessed with at the time. And you have this rotating situation in your closet or, or I did. So selfishly, I would love to have more t-shirts in my closet and have more characters and more canon and, and things like that. But, um, this is kind of stepping on the toes of the next question. But my thought before even this other question was that I, I would love almost not a do-over, but if we are going to pick up where episode nine ends, like it needs to be Filoni. Filoni needs to be involved. Like, that's all I have to say. Like, I would love for Favreau to be involved too. And like, you need to have Lucas way more involved than he was in the last ones, especially because he is a national treasure and we need to utilize that while he is still here with us in the physical force. Mm. Right. Um, But, you know, give us more cameos. Like I would love the continuation, but like you said, only if they justify and redo some of that story for Finn, because they did not do him well. We'll, we'll talk about that. in and uh, we'll and get, as we we'll review the next trilogy more detail. And I think they did an okay job with Poe, but there was there, they left you wanting more there. Mm-hmm. There was more to be, be had with his story. And we did get, you know, a whole dig into Ray's past, but it was meh. You know, we, we weren't sad. And I don't think anybody was really satisfied with where they they let let that backstory wind. But it, it would be really cool to see all of the, you know, material leading up to how they all get to be in that spot, almost like a solo, like how they got into those positions. You know, how Finn became a stormtrooper. I've talked about that how Poe became a spice runner. <laughs> You right. were a spice runner. You were a stormtrooper. Um, you were a spice Finn. runner. You were a scavenger. Right. Exactly. How, uh. how Finn, excuse me, became a stormtrooper. So mm. that could even be like part of the trilogy where it is a flashback because we do get parts of that in um, the sky, the last Skywalker saga, where we get a cut back to see young Leia and young Luke and some, some of that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive just because we pick up at episode nine. Doesn't mean we can't get some of that. My Republic content, I'm just saying. I don't okay. <laughs> this question actually segues really good into our next It really one. does. So this is from Andrew C, not Andrew A, but Andrew, <laughs> Andrew C. Um, with the explosion of new Star Wars content coming out from Disney, excluding the ones already announced, what time periods, backstories, or original content would you want to see out of the new Star Wars universe? And who would be the perfect director or producer? To kind of piggyback off my last answer, I want High Republic era. If I was going to, so you see, we see what Disney's do, and Lucas is doing right now. They're kind of filling filling in the gaps mm. in between different movies and different trilogies. So I want them to continue on that, and I want what happened between Episode One and Two. Mm. I want them to see. That's a good how, 10 years. That's stuff. a good 10 years. And I want to see, you know, Anakin growing, quote unquote, growing up. There's you a know, trilogy right there. 
10 years. Right. Yeah. That, that's 10 years worth of content. We're just guessing what happened. They, they had a lot of stuff um, or maybe it. Mm, yeah, I guess a lot of stuff in the legends books, but like, like nothing like obviously show or cartoon or anything wise, there were a lot of books. Some of them were geared more towards like kids, like around Anakin's age. And at that point and growing up kind of like how the Harry Potter books were written a little bit, right. like how they mature with the audience. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Like for, for the most part, we're left pretty much in the dark because we've got clones that gaps two and three. We got, mm-hmm. we got rebels that gaps three and four. We've got all this content right now with the Mandalorian and all this new stuff coming. That's gapping um, six to seven. Well, even with the clone wars, we have gaps. Like if you, if you look at Anakin's hair from episode <laughs> two to the oh beginning of the clone wars, like, I don't know like how quickly or not quickly the, the producers thought that hair was grown, <laughs> But I'm like, there's a good seven, eight weeks that uh, we did not watch easily. So, I mean, like, there's always room for content, like you're saying. A lot of time traveling. They, they must have spent. For sure. Um, and then my my serious answer for who to direct it, I mean, no one could do it except for Filoni, yeah. in my opinion. But what would be an interesting answer? And Alyssa, I think you'll like this, this person. George R. Martin. Ooh. Game of Thrones director we'll, and writer. We'll never see it. We'll never. never see it. No, he... no. I mean, like time wise, like if he's not done with what he's doing now, we're never <laughs> right <in>. kidding. <laughs> oh, no. Writing no. other content. We might as well wait but, for um, another Sherlock season. Yeah, I do like his style for sure, but I don't know if he could handle this fantasy because it's so different. It's a lot different from what he's used to. You know what I mean? It's not this like, oh, I got typhoid fever and I'm dead. It's like, oh my God, a bath tank. Like And I mean, and George R. R. Martin different. for the Game of Thrones only has four books out right now. And he started writing in the eighties. Good God. And he's right. still writing the fifth book currently. Right. That's which, what I'm which the show overtook and kind of finished it for him. In a bad way. In a bad way, which we're all waiting for him to finish his version of what of how the show actually ended. Right. But I mean, if it was him, we wouldn't get until we were in our 50s anyway. Oh, easily. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really interesting thought. Then why not Timothy Zahn? Mm. Mm. Oh, I mean, he's we know he's a good writer for books. Um, obviously, we haven't really seen him do anything for like a live action or a cartoon, but that would be really good because um, I've read a lot of his stuff. Um, I've liked everything that he's put out. And I need yeah. to read more. I need more. <laughs> like like the old Thrawn uh, books from like the 90s. Brian was on the phone with me. He's like, yeah, I think I've listened to those things on Audible like nine times. He goes, wait, no, I'm wrong. More like 15 times. I'm like, what? He's like, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot more time on my hands than you do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm excited to start that. And that that's kind of like my thought. And I know we've all agreed about this, that we want a Thrawn origin story and we're going to get a continuation of his story probably with the Ahsoka series, but obviously like I want Filoni at the helm all the way. There's nobody I trust more for a star Wars story at this point, just given the content that we've been given and how great anything that that man is Midas, anything he touches turns to gold at this point. Mm -hmm. We ka-ching ka-ching. We know that. Um, So I think that would be cool. And just like aspects of the universe that we haven't explored. Like we just talked about, like we don't even know how money works we talk, we see credits and things like that, but obviously I don't want to be bored to death with like a documentary on finances in the, in the galactic in the empire Wars. and all this <laughs> stuff. But yeah. 
you know, just interesting, unique, new um, storylines, right? Because we're getting, I, I do love and appreciate how much Star Wars calls back upon itself and is very true to that original trilogy and true to the original content. But why can't we explore that through like a villain like Thrawn or Palpatine when they were younger? You know what I mean? Like I've, mm-hmm. I've talked about with Suzanne Collins and the Hunger Games and she revisited President Snow and like what it was like for him when he was in one of the first Hunger Games and why, you know, he became an advocate for continuing them. Right. And that's such a great book and so interesting. If you haven't read it, I won't spoil it. So good. But even any of those kind of concepts where maybe it's not a completely original story because obviously Suzanne did it and I'm mentioning it but something to that effect where it's just unique and different because it's like, Oh my gosh, somehow Palpatine has returned. And we're all like, Oh my gosh. We're like, Oh, great writing. Great Great writing. writing. Fantastic. Thanks Abrams. You're the best. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Obviously. I mean, he was the director, but still. Um, I kind of got, obviously I want a backstory on Qui-Gon. What, what, let's see what they can do with that. Um, I know some of Palpatine's backstory. I don't know if it's currently legends or canon. I, I don't know where they they left off with that. I know. Have I you know, ever heard of the tragedy of yeah. Darth Plagueis the Wise? Um, yeah. So I want to see. Where's Cad that Bane, story? Okay. <laughs> uh, in the Plagueis novel. <laughs> well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> but um, I want to see Cad Bane's rise to the top. You know, mm. like that ten years in between that Wyatt was talking about. Um, you know, Cad Bane, I guess, like was always like kind of up there. And then all of a sudden Django Fett dies. He's like, oh, well, like, I guess I'll take up the mantle as best pounding on there in the galaxy. So I want to see like his rise to the top. I'd like to see like the Empire, like establishing itself, like like before Rebels kind of thing. Mm. Um, this this answer is going to appease a lot of uh, fans who are our age and older. Um, I want to see Knights of the Old Republic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thousands of years before. I want to see more of the criminal element, which I'm hoping they're going to yes. explore in Boba Fett. Like, I want to see more detail into the heart cartel in general, not just yeah. Java. Like, w- what they provide and, like, what they do for and, you know, kind of against the galaxy, what they put it through. The same thing with the Black Sun, um, like, the Mining Guild. Like, I want to see, like, how these big corporations, like, yeah, like, ooh, they, they fought against the Trade Federation, but, like, like the Trade Federation is a company that like probably presumably provides goods and services for the com- the galaxy. So I want to see like how like day-to-day people or like lives are affected by all of these big corporations or cartels that the governments have just let exist this whole time. So right. that's that's kind of yeah. what I would like to see. I'm personally. I'm here for it. I'm here for it all the way. I'm here for any of it. Um, I'm not going to recycle the same answer uh, for Dave Filoni and John Favreau as well as, uh, you know, as much as they're excellent. And I think they would be a good job. Um, I, I just didn't pick anybody better. So I'm not trying to recycle those those (laughs) answers. There are many capable directors out there. um, This is true. I mean, we've seen that with the Mandalorian with all the different ones rotating Um, on set. I think a Cad Bane one would need to be more serious um so possibly like i know dave filoni can write serious but i'd like to see it from a different director's um style as far as seriousness so personally that's kind of like the way i would like so you don't have a you don't have a pick for director Uh, kind of leaving that open i don't sorry uh andrew who asked this uh question i apologize yes my friend andrew um 
I'm trying to think like who are some drama directors that could uh could fill those those shoes for you. I don't know. I, I don't look up a lot of directors' names, so I don't I I'm just not well versed in it to be able to pick that. Everyone's like Zack Snyder is the answer. Eh, well, Everything's if you want it, in slow-mo. If you want, if you want everything really dark <laughs> and dramatic. And like, well, even, you said dramatic, so I, I did, but I, I meant like um camera wise. It's a oh, lot darker to oh, like to look yeah. at. Uh, oh, Quentin, oh. Um, Tarantino. Tarantino. Oh, that that's just bad. like that a bloodbath, though. <laughs> I mean, Cad Bane's a killer. He killed a guy because he had a hat that looked like his. I mean, is it really yeah. likely that he went to the prison penitentiary and went through the uh, the inmates stuff that they get upon their yeah. release? Like, I, I don't know about that. He probably just bought some some hat somewhere and he was he was killed over it. So mm. it probably would be a bloodbath. This might be a controversial thought, but what about like a James Cameron? Okay, I'm for it. I mean, I, I Avatar. I, yeah, for those of you that don't know. Right, right, right. I mean, I'm pretty. I'm a little and more lenient did, with a lot of things. Panic, so that's very dramatic. Was so James Cameron does blockbusters. I don't think he'd be satisfied with doing just a couple of movies in this huge trilogy. Yeah, that aren't that are gonna what? make they're gonna make a splash. They're gonna make, but they're not gonna be like Revenge of the Sith or any like they're not gonna Empire, be yeah. yeah. They're not going to make that big of a splash. You're, you're probably right. I think I'm, he's too high profile of a, of a director and producer that I don't think he'd. I'm want not it, as but... picky with that kind of thing. As long as the movie doesn't suck, I'm like gonna. Sure, I, sure. I'm gonna be like any movie that everyone's like, ah, oh, that movie was okay. I'm like, ah, oh, that movie was pretty good. So I'm always like a little more lenient with things. So who directed uh, Sweeney Todd? Alyssa. Um, that's a great question. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'll look really quick. Because if you go in Cad Bane, like oh yeah, yeah, duh, it was Tim Burton. Tim Burton. I was like Johnny Depp was involved. I'm pretty sure it's Tim Burton. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that you know was pretty pretty dark. If you want to go more more dark, or um, who directed the new the the Joker? Um, yeah, that was a good one with uh, what's his name in it. Uh, Hot Queen Phoenix. Yes. Uh, however you say yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. However, whatever however you say his name. <laughs> That was, yeah, that that was unhinged and uncomfortable, like in the best way. It was so that was good. very uncomfortable to watch. Um, that was yeah. Todd, Todd Phillips was that director and, and producer hmm. and writer. <laughs> wow, I mean, yeah, it was yeah. it was so good. I can't that say was, it was that was good. That was good. Yeah, these are these are some good thoughts. We could have a roundtable with all these guys. Duke it out. Well, clearly Lucas listened, so he's got something. Oh, yeah. so him and Filoni listen to our podcast, a, of course. We've got Favreau. a good shot. Yeah. We've got a good shot. I love it. All right. I'm going to take us to the next question. So this one is from Caesar Quinde. Quinde, I apologize if I um, mis- mispronounced your last name. Um, what subclass of Jedi would you guys be? And for for those of us who don't you know, know what the subclasses are, um, which it's is me con- and Wyatt, which is why Andrew is explaining this. We also Sorry, have fans. You, my friend. We also have fans that don't know this what they are, true. and that's completely fine. The people that is literally fine. like, what's it? There's subclasses? What? Yes. So <laughs> there's consular, sentinel, or guardian. So, um, for so me, wait, before you answer, Wyatt, you wanted to play a game? So, Andrew, describe them first, and then we're going to pick each other's. Okay, that's that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, 
The Jedi uh, Consular is um, they usually um, they're skilled in battle, but they're more um, they're more peaceful. Diplomatic. Yeah, it's it's let's yeah. Basically, they can do violence. They just kind of choose. Hey, maybe I'm the negotiator kind of thing. So that's that's kind of what that is to me. And usually they have um, a green lightsaber, but obviously they're free to pick whatever they want. Um, the Jedi Guardian, kind of the opposite. They can resolve things peacefully, like Obi-Wan Kenobi is called the negotiator, but he's mm-hmm. also very skilled in battle. And, you know, like his girl, his not his girlfriend, not my girlfriend says he uses his lightsaber entirely too often because she's, you know, a nonviolent person. <laughs> aggressive, aggressive negotiations. Aggressive negotiations. Um, negotiations and, with a lightsaber, but a rim shot. Yeah, um, and they usually pick blue lightsabers, and then the Sentinels are usually like the Temple Guards kind of thing. So they they're in between. Their skills with a lightsaber are good, but they're also you know they will try to do things diplomatically. It's pretty equal. Um, they usually are going to be like halfway decent Jedi, but you they rarely churn out someone who's like you know stud. So and they typically <laughs> have um, yellow lightsabers. Or stud at thank you. <laughs> I, I meant that as like gender neutral kind of thing. It, it was uh, a joke. It's fine. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, those are those are them. So, alrighty. So who do you guys think? Who do we think why it is? Let's go with that first. <laughs> or who I want to be. Okay. So we'll, we'll have both answers: who we think we're going to be, and who we think each other is. Yeah, I think why it is a guardian. I think so too. You guys are reading my page, I swear. No, we didn't. We know who you are. We know you. Yeah, we know you. Why? Why You're feisty as hell. You're impulsive. I'm not. (laughs) No. You're like, I'm not sassy. No, stop calling me sassy as you're being sassy. Um, Yeah, no, you're like, you you could be like quick tempered. And I don't mean that in like a disrespectful way. That's not a bad thing. No, it's like, you know, some people, that's just a trait of their personality where like, not that it would like bring your whole day down and then the rest of your day is ruined, but like no, and you're not mean. If you're mad it. about something, like you, we know in the group chat immediately, and it's in <laughs> all caps, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this customer is an idiot," or whatever. <laughs> this he person could, in line a, at the grocery store a, is moving so slow, or what? When you're talking to him, though, he has a calm mad. He's not like. Like how he texts is kind of like how Alyssa and I get mad out loud. Yeah. Like yeah. how, like why it like talks the opposite. Like he was I like, was. he was like, dude, I was so mad. And I was like, <laughs> I can tell you, you right. got even more serious. Like it's yeah. not, it's I want to like, yeah. I want to say that's like my, my customer service voice because I can't be mad in front of a customer. Right. So you have to let it out with us. I've got to reserve it. I'm so glad we wear masks now. I don't know how I hid that customers <laughs> pissed me off before we wore masks because I have a terrible poker face. I still win at poker, surprisingly, but I have a terrible... If you pissed me off, which people can even still tell with my eyes, so the mask only does so much. If people Is piss me off, they know. Is this how you win at poker know. over here? You just got this little... Uh... No, no, I don't have that little thing with my arm. No, uh, it's Trick just luck of the cards um, and, and good calls. Okay. Why so, do you I, why do you think you're a I Guardian think, Wyatt? So the description I got on the Guardian is they're bolstering their martial abilities. Mm. So the kind of what Alyssa was referring to earlier that when something happens, she's more to kind of throw up her, her hands and kind of watch. I'm more reactive. I'm gonna 
I'm going to react now and not wait for it to get worse. Mm. So if that means I got to, in Star Wars forum, you know, force someone against the wall or whatever, that's what I'm going to do to neutralize the situation. Um, because I, I see them being more hands-on versus the force. The, the consular is more force right. given. Um, Alyssa, I think... I think she's Sentinel. You think so? She, you think she's the one in the middle? The I think <laughs> so. The Sentinel, the, the, the description I got is um, using the force to augment their various non-magical skills. Mm. So I could yeah. see her being more reserved with it, but then using it when necessary. So that's what I get from that description. And that's kind of what I refer to as, as Alyssa. I agree with that. Was that your guess without why it's influence? <laughs> um, I mean, I was. Le- it was a mix between that, and it was a mix between. Um, for for me, for you, it was uh, guardian. He's um, so as nervous much as- to say it. He doesn't want to say it. He's like, um, it's kind of maybe. I'm both, not nervous um, to say it. I was just organizing my thoughts because um, you sprung this category on me last sure, minute. Sure, you're scared of um, Alyssa, even though she's 200 miles away. <laughs> anyway. I will come through this Zoom. A little bit. Andrew John um, Ingram. <laughs> so because as much as you say you're like hands up and like you're not like reactive, like if if someone needs you to be, you will be. This is true. Um, and you, I, I think because you're like, as I don't know, how, like, how, this is a weird way to put this. You're an emotional person, which is not yes. a bad thing. No, it's not. I don't And emotional a, people react, which is a good thing. So it's kind of a mix. Like, like now that Wyatt says what he's saying, I'm like, okay, okay. That's probably a little bit better of an answer than just a guardian. But I was kind of already on the fence with it anyway, truthfully. What yeah. do you think you are? That's what I put. You did? I did. I put Sentinel. I read through all of them on Wikipedia and I was, I read the first two and I was like, I don't know. Oh, good. They're frequenting Wikipedia now. Yeah. I did it. You got me hooked. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know. They both like sound interesting. And I was like, I could see, you know, parts being both. And then when I was reading the description and it said, in here about like the the roles and it was like uh blended both schools of teaching and amplified with non-force skills such as security computer stealth demolition repair or medicine and i was like i work in security it security (laughs) now um i just thought that was really funny and like computers i was like this is my life now Mm -hmm. um so that was just like the the extra you know the the straw that broke the camel's back on that one that i was like yep this is me and that it's like you said, you know, I can be emotional and reactive at times and I can be violent and reactive at times, oh but I tend to be more middle of the road. So we're so good at this. This is a great idea. Why yeah. this is so fun. Can we do a three two. for three? Oh yeah. boy. Oh boy. Oh, people are going to describe me. Great. I'm so comfortable uh, with this. Yeah. So Wyatt, what do you, you know, Andrew more than, than I do, I guess, mm-hmm. in a way we could, mm-hmm. you've known him longer. I, we're, our relationships are different. <laughs> so what I, I want to defer to you and give you the floor, but I will, I will tell you the answer I wrote down. I think I need to phone a friend and call his brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't oh, believe that um, one bit. I think he, 
I think he's a counselor. That's what I put. Um, A, it makes sense in our trio because we're all different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And B, every time Andrew brings up a Jedi, he talks about their form and <laughs> how... <laughs> and... <laughs> And how they how they fight and how they, um, I like to work. know people, um, even if so, they're not real. Of course, I know him. He's me. <laughs> well, of course, I know him. He's me. <laughs> so, do you agree, Alyssa? I a thousand percent agree. Why do you agree? I, I, I I just totally see that, like what you're saying. I think, you know, he he can be that this like passionate person, but he's not like Andrew strikes me as the type of person like if you um, let's say Andrew's at Applebee's because he used that example and they bring out um, a salad and he ordered a cheeseburger. He's going to be like, I like salad. I'll eat this. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say that like, hasn't Wyatt, happened. Um, Wyatt will be like, where's the manager? Listened. I ordered a cheeseburger and now I'm getting a free dessert. And I would be like in between and he'd be like, excuse me, yeah. I ordered a cheeseburger. Sorry to be a pain. And they'd be like, no problem. Right. So like, I feel like that's, that's very indicative. That's a silly example, but that's very indicative of like personalities right there. So. I'm not going to say that there hasn't been a few times where I've, been at Applebee's. Um, by the way, any listeners who work at the Applebee's, I, I love you guys. Love I appreciate you. everything you've done um, for me every time I'm there. There are times where I order and they forget that I've ordered. So about 20 minutes later, I'll be like, hey, I don't remember if I ordered, but can I do that now? And then they're always like, oh crap, you did order. I'm like, oh, I forgot to. Um, I'm a terrible liar, so I don't know if yeah. they believe me. But for So sure. Andrew, and do you also- agree? Oh, no, no. Go, well, go ahead. I was just going to say I was trying to pull it up because I was struggling to remember. Also, like studying the mysteries of the force. I'm like, nothing describes Andrew more than that <laughs> sentiment right there is just like <laughs> knowing everything and using that lightsaber as a last resort. Like, let me try to do <laughs> negotiations and then I'll do aggressive. Negotiations. Oh, do you know how many fights I've avoided? Like just with my tongue? Right. Of course. Oh, yeah. oh you don't I see you don't you did stay there. You don't know. Anyway, <laughs> you don't stay punch free with a mouth like this oh. unless you're very careful. <laughs> OK, so, yeah, I, I have I don't know how I haven't been fired from jobs like there. There are times like I say things and I'm like, someone should have hit me for that, but they didn't. Um, so I wrote consular is what. Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I consider myself. Here we go. This is a consular answer, okay? Yes, this is, is a consular is. answer. It very much is. And the reason for that is because that's more who I'm trying to be in life. I'm, I react quickly to things, but I also like research things a lot, as you guys know. But it's not saying that you can't react quickly. It's saying that they typically are reacting, like you're saying, with words versus force <laughs> versus violence. Well, there are instances in which the first thing on my mind has been violence murder no it has not been murder <laughs> uh we'll we'll table that That's discussion for sarcasm. later actually um, back? <laughs> we'll table that discussion for later um but oh boy a consular would be something that would temper my more reactive more violence first side which is something i strive for in in life is to be someone who can talk his way out of situations or resolve things peacefully and not be like, okay, um, I got to go break that guy's legs now. Cause he tried to do such and such to my friend. 
I got to call Uncle Ron Where the body. Yeah. Um, <laughs> former youth pastor, Ron Francis. Um, so, however, if there's a way that I can talk to a person and have him maybe never do that thing ever again and see that what he did was wrong, that's great. Because, like, say I did break his legs. Second he heals up, he might do the same thing. Whereas if he learns from his lesson and chooses on his own, that's a better way to resolve it, which doesn't involve me potentially getting my ass kicked. So, <laughs> so I, I am 95% agreeing with you guys. So we're three for three. Yes. My gosh, that was such a fun question. Great oh, I agree. Question. Good job, Caesar. Gosh. We need That's more my friend like out that. in LA. So thank you so we much. We need to do that. more contests like that. Like little, not concepts, like little games like that. That was yes. guessing. Yeah, guessing. that was cool. That was great. Cool. So we'll move on to the question number seven from my friend, Michael Gardner. So Michael asked, what is your favorite animal or beast in the Star Wars canon? And I am going to have so much fun with this question. Oh, is it a loaf cat? <laughs> That's on the list. Okay. I had a list. You have a list. Um, so I have a list too. I, I couldn't, couldn't. I couldn't. How do you pick, pick one? How do you pick one? He's it's looking Star at his Wars. Ewok. I had trouble He's looking this at question, his Ewok period. on the floor right now. Yeah, I, I won't lie. I did have to Google because I was like, I'm sure there's creatures I'm forgetting. And so I, I did have the assistance of Google on this one, but not as like, what is the cutest animal? I was like, what are Star Wars animals? Um, and I went through the list and I have one, two, three. I went with uh, creatures that like weren't as sentient and like didn't have their own language. Yes, yes, same. I, I, I stuck mostly to animals versus like that. Um. So I guess I'll I'll go Just, bottom to top. Yeah. Um, my first one was crystal the crystal critters from the last trilogy we just uh, got. So the actual name is the vul vulpatuses. Hard for me to say. The vul ice foxes. Vulpatuses. Oh, those were cool. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the word I thought was a cool, even though I'm having a hard time saying it. Um. It's like from the Latin word for fox, which is Vulpix, which if anybody remembers, that was Pokemon. And I was obsessed with that. Mm -hmm. um, and then like vertices, like because they had jagged edges on them. So I That's thought that really was cool. like a neat way to name it. But I just remember when that um, point in the plot came up on Crate and I was like, where did those little animals go? And then literally the next line was, where did the crystal critters go? And I was like, okay, now I hate that I know where this movie is going. Um, that happened but, to me when I watched the movie. They were like, I was like, how did he get in there? And then they're right. like, how did he get in here? I'm like, oh, right. I could be in this movie. I'm I so could, smart. Right? I could write, I could be at the table. Right. Um, yeah, so I, de I definitely liked those because they were cute, but it wasn't like, oh, it's adorable. I want to snuggle it. Cause it's like, it might impale you. Mm. I've been impaled. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely appreciated like how interesting they were. Um, yeah, my number two was Lothcats. Absolutely. Um, that's definitely a newer love for me. But specifically, my favorite one is the one at Galaxy's Edge in the creature stall that's like sleeping and the little tail is like waving like a real cat. The one that's in the live action and well, CGI live action and the Mandalorian is cool and i was excited to see it but upon re-looking at it i was like horrified at the feet um because it has chicken feet <laughs> oh my goodness yeah but number one has to be porgs um and i loved what i found on the internet about them because it said porgs were designed to be so cute that lisa frank would be pissed she didn't invent them first 
Who's Lisa Frank? Um, I was just going to say, if you don't remember Lisa Frank, she was that very popular artist from the 1990s that did all those like rainbow um, cheetah print and panda bears and like all those cute characters. And it was on backpacks and pencil cases and notebooks. And I think they're making it into a TV show. It's been on clothing. I was obsessed with Lisa Frank. I had all Lisa Frank stickers. I had a backpack. I was obsessed. So I thought that was so funny because like all her characters have really big eyeballs. Of course, so do the porks. But hmm. I was waiting for Wyatt to say Gungans. I'm hoping that's on his list. I haven't got the um, answer yet. But um, <laughs> I was just waiting for you to interject because you're so excited about it. No, but, I'm being patient and polite and letting you go. But I will say my honorable mention is Babu Frick. Okay, now you can go. Babu Frick? He's so cute. <laughs> So cute. He's also a sentient being, though. But yes. go ahead. How I know, but I was like, "How can I?" Then... He's a creature. How could I not include that? I mean, to him, we're creatures. I would marry Babu Frick. I would die for <laughs> Babu Frick. That's it. I mean, I, I don't know you. I, 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 I would. Apparently, I you do. Did were you not just here for the last question? <laughs> I would do what I could to save him. I, I, I don't know that I would die There's, for him. But... There is a whole thing on TikTok about Babu Frick. And the, adorable. The, the girl like makes these lists and she's like, Star Wars ter- characters, I would want to take me on a date for Valentine's Day. Let's go. And then she goes through a whole list and it's like, number 10, Poe Dameron, number eight, blah, blah, blah. Number seven, this one, whatever. She goes through the whole list. And then she's like, number one, Babu Frick. <laughs> Every time the That's answer hysterical. is Babu Frick. And it's so funny. And I'll That's hysterical. You. Please, please send that. All right, go ahead, Wyatt. Um, yeah. <laughs> So your answers might surprise, well, I'm sorry, my answer, singular, might surprise singular. you. Singular. It might. It also might not. Um, this was already brought up. Alyssa already brought up this. Wait a minute. Species. Wait, so, are you going to say porks? No, I want to eat them. That's uh, different. This isn't what our stop. tastiest animals are. It's our favorite. Um, I... Love the Lissettes. Oh. The Lissettes? Lissettes. Yeah. They're cool. Interesting. Yeah, they um, are. I love that, first of all, we get one that speaks in their their version of English mm. and, and Rebels, and obviously that would be um, Zeb. Um, <laughs> but I love that we also get some of their backstory and how he thought he lost his entire home. And he's fighting heat. So this is probably more of my favorite character versus favorite animal, but it kind of ties in with him. Because I'm waiting then, for like the tiny violins because to start then playing as you're telling this story. He's fighting with his new family because he thinks this is gone. Mm. So I think that speaks to more of his species mm. than it does kind of his character. So that's kind of why I like him. Um, it's surprisingly, it's not the Gungans because I don't like them all. I like one of them. Oh my gosh! So you can stop rolling your eyes, Alyssa. I can't. They're rolling out of my head. Like their their main leader that does like the whole mouth shake and the spit coming out of it, whatever his name is. Boss Nass. Yeah. yeah, I think there's like two separate species of Gungans because like he doesn't look anything like the other Gungans. So I'm Nothing, thinking he's like a like, subspecies. Unless that's how they age. They just get big and fat later on. I mean, like none of the other like bosses who were like next to him, they all looked like Jar Jar. 
And then even like in Clone Wars, they looked like Jar Jar. So I'm just thinking he's like a separate subspecies and like the last of his kind since we never see anything like that. Right. I mean, it's 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 possible. Kind of like what Alyssa mentioned. This is it's hard to pick a favorite because oh, yeah. we're we're focused more on characters and stories versus versus animals. Um, yeah, it actually it actually took me um, a minute to come up with my answers. Um, more recently, I've liked uh, the Pergil, uh, the giant space whales. Oh yeah. Um, the Loth Wolf. As much as I like the Loth Cat, the Loth the Loth Wolf was able to like they were force sensitive to an extent. Yeah, that's a good point. And they were able to traverse like half the planet in a couple of hours in running like. Th- they could somehow run through rocks and turn that into like this force bridge. And like, True. if you noticed when they were stepping, it like made that um, ripple effect, just like when they were stepping in a world between worlds. Oh yeah. That same, that same thing. So right. that's how, you know, like and that you was guys literally had good answers and I had cute. And things. then the crate dragon, obviously from Mandalorian. <laughs> I had to go with so. you. Hey, yes, crate dragon. Listen, I, we love that. I love that. cute things. Yeah, but the that the crate dragon that they showed was like the subspecies of greater crate dragon because they're usually like half that size, if not smaller. So that thing like, had been living there a long time. Like the they have you kill one in the Django Fett game from like early two thousands um, called Bounty Hunter. Um, it takes place like a couple of months after Phantom Menace, and they actually like talk about like. Because his friend is uh, as a Toydarian. She's like, oh, I had this friend. Uh, Toydarian. He's like, oh, my friend lost everything in a pod race last season and stuff like that. And it's how he gets found by Django Fett, no, oh. uh, by Count Dooku to be cloned. But so, but that one was like half the size. And then, but growing up, I liked those three monsters that we get in Geonosis that tried to kill. Oh. You know, those were cool. I mean, the the giant Acklay with, with all those legs. Yeah. Um, that reek um that tried to kill anakin was like this kind of like like i guess like a bull and like a lion kind of thing it was really cool and then that giant cat um i think it's called a nexu i was like yeah. that, that, oh, that thing is terrifying thing? Yeah. that was probably the scariest one of them all yeah, was that the one smallest. was scary and that was the one that attacked padme and about 50 million teeth um oh, yeah. and then of course growing up i liked the rancor i thought that thing was cool Oh, um, in the Force Unleashed, you have to fight a couple, and uh, they're kind of difficult. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's my answers. Cool. Moving on to question numero ocho, number eight. It's, uh, what favorite droids? Favorite type of droids? I'm just. I'm just Who asked that question? That was asked by Sarah. Yes, our Funko Pop winner, Sarah. Go, Sarah. <laughs> so my favorite. So again, I had to look up droids because, yeah, we have the ones that we come to know and come to like or hate, depending on your opinions. So I had to look at a list of droids and I f- completely forgot about the I, I'm going to say this wrong, but the droid Eka. The Droidica, yeah. The the rolling droids. The destroyer droids, yeah. The destroyers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like those I, only in Lego Star Wars. We are no mash for droidicas. <laughs> because, you know, go back to episode one. You know, the, the B1 battle droids, they could slice down real easily. But as soon as these things rolled up. The force field. Unless there was only one of them, they couldn't take it on. It's a standoff. So, Let's go. So they really are 
more and more or less Jedi killers because mm. they can really? take down. Sure. And they're very they're very versatile. They're very BB eight ish the way the way that they roll, mm. and they can get to places very quickly. Versus, I can't think of any other droid that can travel fast and still be good at what they do. Yeah, that's just how they roll. So wow, that was really good. That was a nice <laughs> pun. But um, you're welcome. That's a good answer. That's that's it. That, yeah, I was I, waiting for a long list. No, droid. Right, I'm singular. I've read the question the way. Yeah, it was okay. Written. Well, okay. I, some of us can't do that. Like, yeah, no. Um, some of us cannot limit ourselves. Like, I like everything that the separatists have. I like the droidicas. I like the um, super battle droids. Um, but I, I picked. Um, so I, I like how they have the the IG um, assassin droid from Mandalorian, like the IG eighty eight looking droid, because we never see them really do anything except I think in like one episode of. Uh, Clone Wars early, early on. IG-88. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like, what I think it was when, like, R2 was missing or something like that. Oh, right, yeah. and they were primarily used as Vader's assassin droids. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so we, we didn't get to see him do anything until Mandalorian, and then that one was kicking butt. He was just shooting all the stormtroopers left and right. <laughs> He's like... He was like, I will now stealth the shark. No, stop it. Um, but I, I like the Magna Guards because like and and mm-hmm. the commando droids because they weren't just programmed to shoot. They were programmed to like problem solve. They were programmed for hand-to-hand combat and to keep up with the best trained clone troopers and even Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like Anakin had was having trouble fighting off four at a time. Granted, he was dead set on killing Dooku. Um, in the Clone Wars, and they were like, he, he was having to really try to do that. So, but as far as characters, my favorites are R2 and K2SO, obviously. Yes. You know, obviously Chopper's cool, and obviously BB 8's cool. And oh my God, why? You didn't say Chopper. And obviously uh, Severus Snape. I'm sorry. This uh, a- universe <laughs> is cool. so large, I completely forgot about Chopper. How dare you say that sentence? <laughs> Even though we are the Spectre crew, so I kind of I wasn't, wasn't going to say it. Um, so yeah, just that's, that's my answer. You so just... what about you, Alyssa? <laughs> you better say Chopper now. If not, no, it's not Chopper. Um, good try. <laughs> um, no. So the question was, what is your favorite droid character, and which kind of droid is your favorite non-character? So I had two picks mm. for each because I couldn't limit myself. Um. So yeah, I like R2 for like my practical answer. If I'm picking that like Rogue One's team that we talked about in the last Consult the Council, because he's the more practical droid, um, in my opinion, because he can fly, he can light shit on fire, he moves the elevators fastest, like he can hide, whatever, whatever. Okay, that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Um, But I think character-wise, BB-8 is... uh, a more funny character. He's cuter. He's cuter in that respect as well because he's got the big eyeball and that's like fun. But whenever that thumbs up happens, I die. My soul leaves my body and because you're like, is he flipping them off? Is he doing a thumbs up? Like it's supposed to be a thumbs up. Yeah. But the first time I saw it, I was like, oh my God, he's flicking them off and I thought it was so funny. Yeah, that's what I thought at first But like if you guys ever use Slack, um, there's like emojis that you can react to people's messages and one of them is the BB-8 with the thumbs up and I use it all the time. It's so I don't even know what Slack is. Yeah, Slack is, is for adults. A lot of people use it for school. Like a lot of students at USF use it. Anyway, so yeah, I do love me a BB-8 for that. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Yeah, I I actually made a note about Dio, but he was 
kind of annoying compared to BB-8. The cheese wheel, yeah. Yeah, and also he was voiced by Abrams, so that just oh, but that little like droid it. was like abused by his previous owner. Like, don't, like yeah, that's don't the know. only reason you like the puppies in the ASBCA commercial too, because they were abused. The no, idea. I like them because they're puppies. <laughs> wow, Alyssa, I feel <laughs> bad for them because they were abused. I liked that little Pixar droid, but I was sad he was abused. You see how that works? No. See, he's a little Pixar droid. He looks like that thing that like hops and takes place the place of the eye in the Pixar. Oh, movies. the lamp. Yeah, it's not a droid. That's a lamp. Whatever. I'm calling him the lamp because he looks. It's like funny that. you mentioned that though, because I do have a note about a Pixar droid for my next thing. So, um, my honorable mention was for the non-character was Gonk droids. I just think they're so cute because <laughs> they waddle around and they're. Um, so those are fun. But you can my play favorite. As them in Lego Star Wars. Oh my God! Can you really? I think Brian tried going through a level just playing that, and obviously you can't because can't. different characters and droids way. have to open doors and you have oh, to shoot people. My gosh, that would be my dream come true. Uh, That's hilarious. Um, but my ultimate answer is the Imperial Mouse Droid. Um, I think it's really? so cute. Yes, and it reminds me of the cleaning droid in Wally Mo. Wow. <laughs> The one who doesn't even, he only says Mo. He only ever says Mo. That's cool. And he's a microbe obliterator. Mo, M-O. And he's one of the two tritagonists in WALL-E. And he's a robot aboard the Axiom program to clean For those of us playing at home, what is a tritagonist? I'm guessing. And there's three of them? like, Like an antagonist, but there's more than one. Yeah. Oh, like a, a lower level antagonist, not yes. the main one. Okay, right, because he's he's actually in quite a bit of a the chunk of the movie at the end, but because yeah, he's following them around, remember around mm-hmm. the ship, and he's cleaning up the Wally's dirt. So, yeah, I don't know why, but my brain associates the two because I guess they Mo is like always on that straight track. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, I'll stop. Wow. All righty, time to start wrapping up with our last question asked by Steve Strangis. Um, my friend down under. Um, <laughs> so what is your favorite Legends moment? Um, so it's kind of hard to narrow down. I've read a lot of Legends. Um, I'm going to go... Am I allowed to say uh, the old Thrawn trilogy and the old Thrawn duology? If I, is if it I canon? Can. And no, it's it's legends. The no. the, the there was a Thrawn question, series from the nineties. Um, I'll go with two quotes that I wrote down from those. Um, Leia wanted to like do something that was dangerous. This is when they're her and Han are married, and Han's like, "No way!" And she's like, "Well, how about this compromise?" And he was still like, "No way." But Han, it's the only way Chewie won't be miserable. And he's like, "Chewie's been miserable before." Luke, tell him. And Luke's like, "I'm not going to say that." <laughs> so that's one of them. And the second one, Han is trying to get this um, this smuggler, this this like guy who like always gets like the information first before anybody. Kind of like a Raymond Reddington kind of character, mm-hmm. um, the concierge of crime kind of thing. He's always like, "What's it finally going to take to get you on our side?" And the guy's like, "Well, what did it take you?" He's like, "Leia," and he's like, "Does she have a sister?" <laughs> so those are some of my favorite moments. Uh, well, anyway, um, yeah. Oh, I think Luke was on his way to getting married in, in those books too. Um, yeah, you should definitely listen to those. So those, those are my favorite, uh, legends moments. I did enjoy those old Boba Fett books growing up, 
Um, they were kind of written for kids too. They kind of explain what happens to Boba between um, two and three. Um, he tries to kill Mace Windu in a different way than the show. He tries to shoot him. Um, Aura Singh robs him of his like inheritance, which is kind of rude because considering he's like 12. Um, and it, it shows how he, in, he inherits his, his father's armor and how it's like painted for him and stuff like that. But I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with my original answer. The <laughs> original Thrawn uh, books. Those are, those are Brian's favorites. My brother's for sure. Mr. I listen to those like yeah. 15 times. Yeah, I'm excited to to finally start those. Thank you, Andrew, for letting. Oh me no, you're them. start you're starting the canon ones. I'm talking about the legends. Oh, ones. I'm gonna start all of them. Okay, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna dive into all of it. She's gonna deep dive. <laughs> but I guess, um, I mean, this is really an Andrew question, legends wise, since and or excuse me, I always do this since Wyatt and I have not really been exposed to the legend side of things. But I like just did a quick blip into Wikipedia over wikipedia over here and uh i guess star tours is on the list for legends i don't uh, how true. do we how do we feel about that it is what it is is I mean, that I'm, does I'm that sound right i mean they've anyway. updated it yeah i don't like the ride anyway but i like you, it for what it is but it makes me sick so mm-hmm. it makes me sick, sick it makes me motion like sick if i clarify too yeah <laughs> way more violent yeah but, um, it, it does i did get to be the rebel spy once so that was cool oh that's cool that was worth it. But that's when my friend who works at Star Tours took me and it was two of us on the ride. <laughs> and it was like, you're the rebel spy. And I was like, no way. How did this happen? A 50% chance. You're like, I've never won anything in my life before. <laughs> exactly. All righty. So unfortunately, like all of the pods before this one, we have to bring this one to a close. Uh, I know, I know. Uh, we Is appreciate. No. I try to be. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I caught that. We appreciate you guys coming back with us again. And if, again, if you just joined us, um, you know, thank you for coming to listen to us. Um, join us next time as we um, talk about the sequel trilogy with starting off in order as usual with The Force Awakens. Um, don't Woo! forget to check us out on social media. We have an excellent social media manager. So please yeah, check we out do. our concept, yeah. content on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Consult the Council. This is Spectre Radio, signing off.